This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Friday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 10th, episode 2474, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. I can't take it anymore. Thank God it's Friday. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Work all week so that we can eat and own a little piece of God's ground. Pushing papers and pens, red tape never ends. The stress can turn a smile into a... Well, it is Friday, and I'm happy about that. Uh, I'm happy to be going <laughs> into the weekend. My last show this week, so I'm kind of excited about that. We had a lot of extra stuff we did this week. So, so, but, and we're going to, in the post show today for the auditors, we're going to talk about one of those extra things that. Jamie and I did together for the first time in ten years. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll mention that, and I have some comments about Jamie's appearance on that. So uh, we're going to talk about that oh, in the auditor post show. I just said that to get you thinking the whole time. Uh, so, <laughs> so, let me just like start things <laughs> off by stressing you out. Yeah, that's right. It's my job. So on today's show, Julie Fershman, who is our go-to attorney for all things equine law, joins us to chat about her new book, Equine Law and Horse Sense. And we take a look at some horse breeds that are changing light bulbs. Plus, we announce a new batch of prizes for really bad ads provided by Horselovers.com. Uh, did you see? Well, you know Dr. Fauci. You know he's the uh, he's the guy that's in charge of you know COVID for the United States and is always fighting with the president. Well, he's kind of a <laughs> polarizing figure, right? I, and you either love him or hate him or whatever. You know, you, but you hear him in the news all the time. There's a lot of like women that are like all about Dr. Fauci. I don't get that. <laughs> I saw that they have, like t-shirts and they find him hot and sexy, and I'm like. Maybe in a geeky like, court of maybe it's like the opposite of like we think librarians, you know, are hot with the glasses and the whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> Can you explain me. it? Okay, nope. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, he got, he showed them all last night because uh, Fauci won a race. That's right, Fauci, a two-year-old named after Doctor Fauci, was trained by Wesley Ward and got his first career victory during his second career start at the opening race at Keeneland last night. The two-year-old Colt won by one length and was a heavy favorite at one to one. And they think he was one to one only because of his name. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I was, I would probably just go, yeah, you got to put money on that guy. Well, it, 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 there was no reason for him to be one-to-one, -one, so that's why they figure. But it was a $70,000 race, and he won $40,000. So he could feel pretty good. I know he gets beat up all the time by everybody, so he can feel pretty good that he won a race last night. Yes, lovely. And apparently he's a, a nice little horse, and they're expecting, you know, maybe maybe there'll be something there as far as Kentucky Derby next year is concerned. Because if I mean, is that a stick it to the president where, like, <laughs> Fauci would be, like, yeah. a triple crown winner? <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> so it was just a kind of fun story I thought I'd throw out there. But it is Daily Winnie time. <laughs> I do have some of these this time. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> okay, so a happy birthday to a bunch of auditors. We had none on Wednesday, but we have a bunch today. Joy Dorsch, Emily Benz, Katie Dixon. Who has a rescue? Katie, we haven't heard from you in a while. Drop me a note. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, Danielle Bacher, who is a nurse, and thank you for what you do, Danielle. She works ICU, I believe. Uh, and then Erin Helene. So you thank you. You know way too much about our listeners. I do. <laughs> we do. Well, you see them post all the time. And then Danielle and I talk all the time. She was on a cruise. She was on one of the cruises. So that's another reason. I know the cruise people really well because we spent time with them. But uh, happy birthday to all of you. 
going to give my little daily Winnie that is Zara's Winnie, and I'll give it to all of the auditors who are helping me select a sales photo for Zara. Now, I, I posted four pictures, Glenn, and I just said, click like on the one that you think is the best one. And the one that I thought was the best one, because it's kind of framed and nice and all this. Well, um, uh, everybody liked that. Most people like that one the best. I got the most votes, but then everybody else kind of liked other things. And then, you know, we have a, an episode, the sales and breeding episode that Kayla Muller does. And uh, Kayla was like, none of them. Yeah, I saw her. That's the only one I saw was hers. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, yeah, no, you need to start over. And so thank you. (laughs) Basically my broke ass trying to, it's just the like tiny little clip uh, for the top of the dream horse ad, you know? So it's not like it has to be a professional photo. I mean, it could be, I guess, but I'm broke and I'm by myself. So I just had Abby video me and I took <laughs> screenshots from the video and it didn't matter where, where I screenshotted it. Kayla was like, nope, that's not going to work. So I uh, back to the drawing board. Although <laughs> I did post the ad on dream horse, but I didn't have any of me riding her because Abby's been doing all the riding. Well, dang, she looks like a 13 hand pony with Abby's five long legged <laughs> self riding her. So I had to hop on her and it was like the first time. And I'm like, you know, I mean, to my first time riding my baby, I was a little tense, you know? So I think it came across in the photos. So we're, we're going to keep trying. But as of now, the dream horse ad, even though I keep trying to change it, they're still showing the one with Abby on. So I'm, I'm, I'm got messages into them like, hi, can we do something about this? Because, oh Lord, it is a mess. Why are you selling? That's your baby. Tell everybody who baby Zara is again. (laughs) Okay. Baby Zara is uh, not a baby anymore. She's three and a half. And I bred her mom to a really, her mom is an Oldenburg. Okay. And was a very accomplished hunter jumper and event horse. My friends, um, they, they were scaling down their breeding and they're like, would you like to a free lease on a broodmare and you can get a baby? And I was like, uh, no. And Chad was like, uh, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. And so I did it. He's like, it'll be great for the show. And it has been, it was really good. Cause she was basically almost born on the air here. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was, uh, she's kind of the, anyway, the first babe I ever had. And, and she came out and her sire is named Rubignon and he was, he just passed away a black Oldenburg stallion. And man, I was like, black colt. It's going to be a black colt. It's going to be, I didn't say anything else besides when my black colt is born and I got a chestnut mare. (laughs) <laughs> chestnut philly yeah you got the exact so, opposite of what you wanted in that situation i mean as opposite as they come <laughs> but i'm gonna love her and i'm gonna do all the things and and my goal with her was to breed full out raise start and compete a you know her so i took her to the future event horse uh horse show here in in oklahoma and she did really well she got second of course guess who won a black colt um <laughs> <laughs> so so she's doing really well and we we, we backed her in january and then we kind of, I, she just was so young looking. And so now that she's three and a half, we're getting on her. And the reason she's for sale is because I event, eventually bred. So the, the story is I told the people, I was like, Hey, uh, you can have your mare back. Now my foal is weaned. And they were like, mm, we don't really want her back. We we're done with breeding. So you can, well, we, they found a rescue to send her to. And I was like, no, you can't send her to a rescue. So I kept her and Chad's like, why don't you breed her again and see if you can get your black colt? I was like, I will kill you if it's another chestnut filly. <laughs> so it, it, I bred her again to Rubignon. So I have her full sibling who came out. His name is Stan Lee. He came out and he's a colt. He's a bay colt, but he's a colt. And I was like, okay, we're good. We're done. And then it turns out the mare retained the placenta. So she can't even have babies anymore anyway, because she almost died and it was a mess. So, um, now she's pensioned and she's pink is my baby mama and she just kind of hangs out. And, um, so we have the Stan Lee who's one. And so Zara's three and a half and she's a really nice horse. She's a really nice mover. She's got a lot of potential to do things and I just can't keep them all Glenn. So my, my thing is I wanted to start her myself the right way so I could hand her off to somebody ready to, to, 
go in any direction that she wants to go. You guys know that an educated animal, an educated horse, an educated dog, an educated human, you're going to have a better life if you have a good education. So that's kind of where we're at with her and she's getting educated and we're going to keep educating her daily until somebody wants to take her and proceed with her. But again, yeah, I just, you know, you can't keep them all, but Zeus is never leaving ever. I've got two seniors that are three seniors that are never leaving. I've got Stan Lee who's never leaving. So I'm like, mm, okay, I got to do something with the numbers. Um, and again, she's super nice. So she'll be in, she'll be in good shape. She's a registered Oldenburg, you know, Philly with incredible breeding. So, so that's why she's for sale. So if you, if you, if somebody's interested, they just contact you at Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Sure. Absolutely. I will eventually get a proper photo of her. <laughs> Sorry, Kayla. I mean, I was like, Kayla was I rather love, adamant about that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, of all this, she's like, well, can you show me one where she's not bent to the right? And I was like, she doesn't really turn. So she's kind of, I'm trying to turn her the entire time. I'm just trying to get a nice trot on the circle. So she like, try to find one not bent to the right. So I got a couple more screenshots and sent them to her. And she was like, mm, no. <laughs> I just try again. So that's where we're at right now. But it's just again for the little clip in the dream horse, and we'll do some videos of her this coming week and and get some stuff of her at Liberty and and how, moving how, around. And what are you asking? Uh, she's currently priced at twelve. Okay. Um, and she's. I went on and I'm trying to find you know trying to see what horses by Rubinyan are going for and what they look like and how much training there is. And she's probably priced a little low for her breeding. Well, I, um, I would say, because I found this article, uh, that's the 10 most expensive horse breeds mm -hmm. and Oldenburg is number four of the most really? expensive horse breeds. Yes. Well, uh, she's priced at 15, Glenn. <laughs> I, I had a, a friend who does a lot of warm blood breeding and sales and all that. And she told me 15 to 18 when she's walk trot canner and she's only walk trot now. So I just thought, well, you know, I understand why people say price goes up as the training increases. And so I looked at a bunch of the the horses by Rubinyan with similar, you know, ages and things like that. And the four-year-olds were all 15 to 18 and the anything two you know, two year olds were all 10. So I just thought, well, I'll just split the difference for now. And if she stays here, she stays here. If somebody sees her and goes, that's the one, then that's the one. I mean, it's not like I have to kick her out the door, you know, so we got plenty of time to, to, to get her going. And if she doesn't go, then she doesn't go, you know, time. Well, the that's most expensive Oldenburg sold on record that we have records of at this point is 350,000. Hmm. Uh, and who is that? Uh, <laughs> that was a uh, Vivat Rex, B I V A T Rex. Oh yeah, that, well that's her sire. So <laughs> it's, yeah, go with that. By the way, the the three above Olenberg are thoroughbred as number three, and uh, you know uh, Pegasus was seventy million, so that was a high one there. Uh, I guess it's like the winged Pegasus. Yeah. Um, Usaichi Pegasus. And I guess this just takes the average sales of, of the horses. Dutch Wormblood was number two, uh, with Totalist leading that pack at 13 okay. million. And then uh, the Cell Francais. I didn't know Cell Francais, they're considering that on average they sell the highest per horse. Really? Yeah. The most, I can't say the name of the most expensive cell francais, but it was uh, $15.2 and it was a show jumper. Um, well, they're <laughs> pretty amazing show. I mean, the show jumping, number one, has all the money, and number two, they're amazing show jumpers, so it makes sense. Yep. So that that so you yeah I think you can raise your price to a hundred thousand to start. <laughs> I'll take one twenty. <laughs> Bottom line. Yeah, that's firm. It. Firm. We'll we'll read some really bad ads <laughs> later, and we'll let you guys know where you can find screaming deals that's all over right. all the world. over the place. But first, let's listen to Kentucky Performance Products, and then we'll come back with our first guest. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was ten years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. 
She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, we, uh, of course, you can find KPP over on Facebook, too. Just search for Kentucky Performance Products. And one of the things about their website is if you're looking for an explanation of what a certain supplement does, go to their website. They have the most in-depth explanations on every one of the products that I have seen on any supplement website out there. Yeah, she, and they're fantastic. Their Facebook page is constantly uh, posting educational things. So definitely worth a, worth a look, worth a follow. Anytime we have something legal to talk about on the show, we give Julie Fershman a call. She's kind of our go-to attorney for all legal things here on the show. And I'm going to get her on right now. She has a book out called Equine Law and Horse Sense, and we're going to talk to her about important equine contract details. Hello, this is Julie Fershman. Hi, Julie. It's Glenn and Jamie. You're on the air. Hello, Glenn and Jamie. Good morning. I was just saying, you're kind of our go-to attorney for all things equine law here on the show. So uh, thank well, you. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> thank you for coming back. And you, you wrote a book. Yes, another book. Another book, Equine Law and Horse Sense. Tell us about it. Yes, actually, it was the title of my very first book, uh, my gosh, about 24 years ago. Um, this book combines just about everything I've ever written in regard to equine law it combines everything you may have seen from the first two books that I wrote in 1996 and 2000, but then it goes further, and I have a section at the end about every single state, which are 48, with an equine liability law and what you need to do to comply with it, how it affects contracts and signs. Uh, it does a huge You went through every of, state, Julie? Uh, yes, but hey, you know, this is what lawyers do. I deal with them, and... Nowadays, we have easy access to the state websites to make sure we have up-to-the-minute statutes. You realize that about 10 years from now, some of those laws will have changed. But for the most part, I think they'll be uh, just as you see today. So, so Julie, yeah, a lot does of other things, even weigh cases. like 25 pounds? What? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, oh my gosh, let's see, about 370-plus pages of um, <laughs> lots of content. In fact, here it is, 367. I got my numbers wrong. Wow, that's a lot of pages. So what, you know, one of the things that we always, we get this question posted in our auditor room all the time for our super fans is, you know, I'm, I'm buying this horse, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Do I need a contract? And my answer is always one word. No matter what their question, if they say, do I need a contract? I say yes. Um, because that's the way we've always treated it. And I always figured if somebody's thinking, do I need a contract? Yes, you do. Because, uh, you know, that's a situation where you probably do. If you're thinking that, you probably do. Do you agree with that? Well, you talk to a lawyer, and I'm sure you'll get every one of them saying, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But look at it this way. Um, I can think of the calls, that, and many of them have come in over the years, of people who thought they knew who they were dealing with, thought the person that they met online who wants their horse was a nice person, and put nothing in writing, just a handshake. Uh, money was exchanged in cash often where there's no check or no indication of how much. And then the problems come in. Um, the, the seller's check bounced if it was a check, um, or they can't find the seller to get the next installment payment, or they are the buyer. And the promise that was made that the horse has never, verbal of, verbally, of course, that the horse has never been injured or ill was wrong. And the animal has numerous pre-existing problems. These calls come in all the time, and most of the time, they're people who have nothing in writing, so it is one person's word against another. The seller, of course, will deny ever saying that the horse has never been sick or injured. The buyer will say, well, I absolutely know you said that, and here's my best friend who was there. And the minute you start calling lawyers, talking about a he said, she said battle, expect your legal fees to be very substantial. Because the judge doesn't know or the jury doesn't know who to believe. They've got to listen to everyone. Lawyers' time is expensive. The, the contract, by comparison, can put all that in writing. If the seller promises you and you're the buyer, 
that the animal has never been injured, ill, or lame, especially if the seller knows that horse, perhaps raised it from a foal and it's 10, if the seller won't put that in writing, you know there's a problem here. Put it in writing and you can have a, a lasting understanding of what was said. So lots of things can be put in a contract and it doesn't have to be 20 single space pages. Sometimes if there are really important things, it can be put in almost a letter as long as it's signed by both parties and it expresses that this is the deal. It doesn't have to be tough. So I think people should think through that it makes more sense to get the understanding documented up front than to spend a fortune on legal fees at the back end. Jamie, we just talked about Jamie selling a... a, a a three-year-old that she actually had as a foal on her farm, and she's going to be selling that three-year-old. So she's kind of in that situation you just talked about, right? She's had that horse since the beginning. And uh, Jamie, are you going out saying that uh, the horse has nothing wrong, has never been hurt a day in its life? Uh, No, I I didn't say that. I mean, (laughs) she is perfect, but I I didn't say that. (laughs) So, but do you do contracts for the horses you sell, Jamie? Or something uh, yeah, in writing? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Because you've I had do. situations. We've all had situations. You've been in this business long enough. You've had situations that have come back to bite you. What are some What are some details that you think should be in every contract, buying and selling a horse contract? Wait, wait, wait let yeah. me get a pen. Let me get okay. a pen. <laughs> Go ahead. In today's world, I figured you would just type it into your cell phone. That's true. Um, <laughs> Well, when we talk about just about any contract, one of the most important things is identify who you're dealing with. There are agents in the sales of horses who don't disclose who they're dealing with and who they're acting for. Make sure it's clear. Uh, One of the common, well, not as common as, um, it depends on the year. It can be common or not. But one of the complaints that is expressed is that a broker or agent, sometimes a trainer, is involved in a sale transaction, takes the money. Uh, perhaps the seller or the trainer is selling the horse for the seller. You are the customer of the trainer. The trainer says, I'm going to find you a buyer for that horse. The trainer is the one who signs off on the paperwork. The trainer is the one who's capturing all the money, except there's a problem. The paperwork may not be as clear as you think, uh, or the paperwork is sometimes non-existent, and the buyer doesn't know who they're dealing with. And then, of course, the seller, the owner of the horse, who says, I want the money from my sale, the seller may find that the trainer has taken not just a customary commission. The trainer may have taken tens of thousands. I've actually worked on a couple of matters like that. It happens. It's a problem for the seller who hires an agent. They want to know exactly what's occurred in the transaction and what money has changed hands. And sometimes the agents in the middle don't want that to be known. And then there's the buyer. The buyer wants recourse. There may be a problem with the horse that they bought. Who's the real seller here? So, Sometimes these transactions can get pretty unclear, which is why the contract would be, uh, I think, best for everyone if it identifies who's who. Now, who's are the you, buyer? Are, if I'm a buyer mm-hmm. and I'm dealing, let's say, to the trainer, do I have a right to know who the owner of the horse, a legal right to know who the owner of the horse is? You do if you ask. Okay. Some people just plain don't. And frankly, mm-hmm. there are trainers out there because I've litigated one case yeah, like this. Tell. And the trainer who was the middleman said, I'm the seller. Well, it, the trainer was, was transacting the sale for someone else, but the trainer was misrepresenting their role. So it would be incumbent, I think, on the person who is the buyer to make very clear what the role is of that seller. And sometimes it's somewhat easy in a way. You can contact the breed registry. But as we know, breed registry records are not always as clear and updated as we want. And a couple of courts have held registration papers are not conclusive evidence of title. Your name could be on a horse's papers, but that doesn't mean you're the owner. You may have a spouse who's a co-owner, but they're just not on the papers. Bill of sale may be much more, in fact, is much more conclusive as to who the owner is. So I think the number one thing is know who the parties are to the contract. And if you're the buyer, absolutely ask, who are, what role are you? Are you an agent? Oh, well, as a matter of fact, I am. Well, let's put that in the contract. And by the way, who's the seller? Sometimes agents don't want to disclose it. If you are the buyer and the, the agent doesn't want to disclose who the seller is, you may think twice about engaging that's in this a, transaction. Yeah, that's a red flag is what that's called. <laughs> agree. Absolutely agree. Or get a lawyer and see if the lawyer can uh, try to 
work through the matter. But that's the number one thing. Other details that would make great sense would be, of course, if it's a purchase agreement, identify the horse. And believe it or not, there are sales agreements that say the purchaser is buying a Bay um, Arabian gelding uh, and maybe not even indicating what year it was sold. And then a horse comes off the trailer because, as you know, people are buying horses online all the time, often sight unseen. Horse comes off the trailer and it is not the horse that the buyer thought they were buying. So the buyer looks at the contract and the contract isn't very specific. Maybe the horse wasn't sold with papers. But the, the horse coming off the trailer is a Bay Arabian, but it is 10 years older than the one that was the, supposed to be purchased. So now, specify the horse. That mm-hmm. does sound crazy. I want to get your opinion on something that happened to a client of mine. Um, she found this horse in Florida, and we were living in Arizona, and she, she, she liked the way that the horse looked, and it was a gray thoroughbred mare. And so... Mm-hmm. She wasn't going to go. She was going to buy it, but had the pre-purchase done. But the the riding, I said, you can't just buy a horse that you haven't seen. So the lady was like, okay, I'll Facebook live me riding it. Like Facebook message, you know, like, well, it was live. And so she tacks the horse up and her mother is videoing and she's riding the horse, a gray Arabia, a gray thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. And and she's riding it in the arena and she's down at the other end the whole time. And I kept saying, bring the horse closer, bring the horse closer, bring the horse closer. And so she, but she kind of just passes by the camera and then was jumping jumps at the end of the arena. And again, we're watching on cell phones as it's live. So it's not mm-hmm. being recorded. Nothing mm-hmm. like that. We get a pre-purchase done on the horse. The horse looks nice on the video. They send the horse. There is no way this is the horse she was riding no way this horse you couldn't even get a saddle on it it was completely unstarted and of course they didn't tell us that i go to hop on it you know i'm like well this is a rodeo you just bought yourself a rodeo and there's no way that we could go back and say this is not the same horse because those videos were not recorded And so she, oh, it was a mess. It was a mess. And she had no recourse. The lady, of course, is like, you know, I mean, it's only like a $2,500 horse. And she's like, ah, it's $2,500. I'll send it on, blah, blah. So she ended up having to rehome this, this mare because it was completely inappropriate for a beginner rider where it was advertised differently. And we watched it go. So that was, that was a hot mess. And I personally will not let people buy my horses unless they come and see them. I just, I can't, I I can't. Sure. That's a great idea. Um, And in this situation that you described, there are lawyers that can be hired to intervene on that one. But of course you're right. $2,500 purchase doesn't quite justify the expense of a lawyer. Even Mm -hmm. if there's a statute, a fraud statute in the state or a consumer protection statute that might allow the recovery of attorney fees, there's never a guarantee of that. So unfortunately I could see why it's turned out that way, but I'm with you. I think it would be a wise move to, Um, ensure that the person who wants to buy the horse really knows the horse too. That might be a great idea too, even because, you know, sometimes there's just bad chemistry between a horse and a handler. You get a person who is kind of rough on the reins and you don't want them working with your horse. That's a very soft mouth horse. And you can see that. And it may be when something like that occurs, you can nix that sale before it ever occurs because you love your horse and you want it in the right home. And this buyer isn't going to work out. So absolutely lots of reasons to stand your ground on that one. Yeah, Just but I'm- had that same situation, Julie, where the, they came out to ride and, and they wanted a sports car, but they needed, you know, a little beetle. <laughs> you know, to, they come out <laughs> and they hop on the sports car. And I was like, oh, this is bad. Okay, thank you. I think that's enough. And she, the, the husband was like, no, we have a trainer. We'll be fine. And uh, and she's riding. And I'm like, this is not working at all. Like this, we're, we're done here. And he was like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I was like, finally, like, I don't think you're understanding. I'm not selling him to you. Like this is going to go poorly for all parties. I know he's pretty and he's really big, but it's not, it's not a good match. And that's the thing is that has to be a good match. And how are you going to know it's a good match? If you don't even know who the dang seller is, I didn't know that was a thing. You're dealing with some high dollar horses here. True. Um, so you're playing it absolutely carefully. There are plenty of people, as you know, who go online and find a great horse on some of those sale websites, sometimes Facebook, and they will buy sight unseen. What I always recommend for people in that situation is 
If you are not going to make the in-person view of the horse, invest a little bit of money in two things. Number one, certainly a pre-purchase veterinary examination. Make sure you're buying what you think you're buying. And number two, consider hiring a person who is a respected professional in the horse industry. You've checked out the person's references. You know the person's reputation. Pay that person for his or her time. Have them come out and check out the horse too. Better still, it's it's nice if a person like that watches you ride and handle the horse. But if you can't be there, let that person give you an assessment of the horse. And yeah. you can learn a lot from that. The, the money that you spend on those two things can save a fortune in legal fees down the line. Not a lot of people are willing to do that. We seem to be very trusting these days with people going online and buying horses. But as you know, caution is worth everything. It makes all the difference. And unfortunately, those people get away with it for so long because it is only $2,500 and they're, they're not being taken to court. They're, you know, and they can keep getting away with it because that's the problem. Uh, True. The, yeah. This seller said that obviously something happened in the shipping of the horse to the horse to like make it like that. And uh, she yeah, just we don't. There you go. <laughs> but there are there are things because I've represented sellers and there are differences. Sometimes the horse really needs a grass hay, lower protein feed, and the buyer has this thing hyped up on pure alfalfa hay and uh, supplements that are not really right for the horse. And that environment with that kind of feed is going to make this horse act differently because it feels different. So uh, with with that in mind, there are a lot of complicating factors here. But, uh, you know, again, the, the watchword is put a contract together, make sure you understand what you're buying and uh, take the time to make the trip out there or have somebody do it. And the point you made about small dollar transactions, not generating legal fees, well, there, there are recourse options. There's small claims court, which I've written about in my book. The downside is when you buy a horse online and you're in Arizona and they're in Florida, that's quite a trip to make for a yeah. small claims court hearing, which is why you're right. The small dollar transaction horses are often ones that will continue with some issues because nobody is challenging the seller. Yeah. So what are some things that I need to have I'm, I'm say I'm selling a horse. What can I have in that contract to protect myself? Well, let me start with a couple of quick things. And there's a section about simple five minute sales contracts that can be done without a lawyer and just kind of covering the basics. But the first, as I mentioned, is you want to make sure that the contract specifies uh, who the parties are to the transaction. And we've already gone through the importance of that one. You want to specify the horse. As we mentioned, uh, you know of an instance where the horse purchase was probably not the one that was represented on the uh, on the video. Uh, but be more specific. Maybe even the height, the age, the year of birth. If the horse doesn't have papers, get more specifics on this animal in terms of markings. If it is a horse with papers, that's another issue that comes up. You're the buyer and you're waiting on your papers. Have it specified as to what the breed registry is or the organization providing the papers. And the number, maybe even have, if you're the buyer, the seller show you a copy of those papers. They can do that. It's easy. Push some buttons and it's on the computer. The price, be very clear on the price. I don't recommend installment sale agreements if you don't know who you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But make very clear what the price is, how it's being paid, if the seller has received full full payment, if the seller hasn't received full, full payment, when's it coming? How is it going to be paid? Warranties, that's another detail. If you're the buyer and the seller, as we were talking about earlier, promises this animal has never been injured, lame, ill, or anything in the five years I've owned him, put it in writing if you're the buyer and if it matters to you. Do you need a lawyer to document all of that? Maybe. The higher dollar transactions, the more robust you might be with the warranties. But if you heard something from the seller and you want that documented, put it in there or just put it in there anyhow. See if the seller signs it. But what if you're the seller? All, the, all that you can say if you are a very cautious seller is I can warrant to you, I can promise to you that I own the animal and I have the legal capacity to convey it free and clear of any encumbrances. Sure, seller can put that in the contract. Some sellers want disclaimers of warranties where they say, I am promising nothing. This is an as-is sale. Sometimes the law will intervene on that and let you know what language you have to use. Lawyers can look up that language. If you want to do it on your own, Take a stab at it, but make very clear that this is an as-is sale with no warranties of any kind. This is what a seller would do. And if a buyer doesn't like that, well, they can walk. Uh, and signatures, 
We talked before about agents and how agents sometimes step in and have, in some instances, acted as though they're the seller. You want the signature line. You want to know who's signing it, but you also want to be clear as to what capacity they have. Quick comment on that. Nowadays, people are using the internet and some people wonder, hey, what about an e-signature? Maybe so. I honestly have, have not followed the law on e-signatures. They, we use them a lot in transactions. But when in doubt, have the seller sign it by hand. Scan the signature page and make clear that they agree to it. You would do the same thing. But with the signature line comes an understanding of who you're dealing with. Somebody is signing as agent. I think if you are the buyer, you might want to say, that's nice, but I want the seller to sign. I'm glad you signed as agent. Get their signature. These are details that I think are a must for a equine sales contract. There's a lot more too, but that's when you would want a lawyer to get involved on the fine points. So do you have on, you know, if you go on, you're like bill of sale and you Google that a million bill of sales will come up. Do you have one that you recommend? Do you have your own personal online thing or do you just say, Hey, you guys come to me? Well, there's, here's one of the deals with a sale transaction. When you go online as a consumer and you pull up a bill of sale form, you may find forms that are compliant with another state law. You may even find a contract that has other details. But the problem is the contract may not have been made for someone like you. Case in point, you're the buyer of a horse and you found this really interesting form online. You don't know what state it's from, how old it is who drafted it. You don't know anything, but it looks pretty good. The problem is that contract might have been a seller-oriented contract. It might have all that language about the disclaimers of warranties. We're making no warranty except we own the horse. And if you're the buyer, you may not realize that this contract that you just pulled up isn't really designed to protect you. Every contract is different. So when I represent sellers of horses, for example, I have a contract with all kinds of disclaimers of warranties. When I represent buyers, I have a contract with all kinds of warranties included. (laughs) The contract really varies with who you're looking for. What happens in the normal course of things is the parties can negotiate the contract. So what you find online may not be the right contract for you. It might favor a middle ground when you want more detail protecting you. That's my biggest concern about people who go online. Added to that is sometimes these form contracts online don't comply with your law don't comply depending on the transaction with an equine liability statute. Be careful before you just pick something out online and start using it. It may not be legal for you. Good Lord, I'm never selling a horse again. (laughs) Well, not everybody wants to hire a lawyer and I recognize it's expensive, which is another reason why I wrote the book. That's why they need your book. So Julie, where can where can people find the book? We're running out of time here. So right now, absolutely, the uh, the book is going to be on Amazon around August, but it has been on sale through the American Bar Association since last October. Any basic information on the book can be found by www.equinelaw.info or www.equinelaw.net. That'll give you some basic background on the books. Okay, Uh, well, on this new book. Equinelaw.info or equinelaw.net. Got that it. That is it. Yep. Thank you very much, Julie. Appreciate it. You have a good weekend. You too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, Julie. I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Julie. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right. You can't sell the horse. It's too complicated. I can't. No. <laughs> no to, to redact everything we said at the first part of the show. Forget it. How many I'm times, not. though, have we heard about the situation and talked about it over the years on this show where a trainer sells the horse, the owner of the horse had no idea it was being sold, and then the owner comes back to the buyer and goes, that's my horse. I never gave it permission to be sold. It's crazy. I mean, I would never go through a, a transaction without speaking to all parties, but I guess it's a common thing. Especially in the higher end uh, trainers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, we have a brand new sponsor. It's Equiderma is joining the... They were with us years and years ago, and we're glad to have them back. Uh, Equiderma has a wound ointment that is a must-have in your medicine cabinet. It visibly amplifies wound healing, stops proud flesh from developing, minimizes scarring, reduces pain, and keeps flies out of wounds. The proven healing ointment is specially formulated with the... uh, uh, I can never say this word. Calendula flower 
flower petals, one of the most beneficial wound healing agents in the plant kingdom. You will find that with consistent use, you'll see a noticeable progression of steady healing every day. Plus, it's great treatment regimen for common skin rashes and sores. The Equiderma products are loved. We use them here. I know a ton of professional riders that use the Equiderma products from the shampoos to the wound ointments. And if you go on their website uh, and take a look around, you also see articles where they're using this wound ointment on some very nasty cuts and things. And mm-hmm. it does work and it really does stop the uh, proud are you flesh. Gonna say, are you going to be able to say the name of it? If it stops proud flesh, that's amazing. I can't wait to give it a try. It it's says calendula. it stops proud flesh. Cal- no, Calendula. Calendula. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> they literally spelled it like phonetically for you to pronounce. And I and still can't get it. Get it <laughs> so according to the UMM Medical Center, it increases the flow of blood to the wound site, thereby providing oxygen and nutrients essential to tissue, uh, tissue regeneration. You can visit them at Equiderma.com for all the details on all of their terrific products. And we're going to be hearing from them more in the future. So I saw this, uh, this thing, and we've seen it before but this was a different take on it and somebody rewrote it a bit it's how many horse it's the old joke how many horses does it take or how many dogs does it take or how many cats does it take to change a light bulb well Mm -hmm. they rewrote this a bit and uh, took the breeds and made it i I thought it was very funny so let's (laughs) let's go through some of them Okay, perfect. Well, the first one is, uh, and I take offense to this. Mind you, we did not write these. <laughs> we're just reading them. And this jerk who wrote this wrote, how many horses did it take to change a light bulb? The thoroughbred says, who, me? Do what? I'm scared of light bulbs. I'm out of here. Well, you can suck it off. My thoroughbreds aren't afraid of light bulbs. Just, you know, everything else. Yeah, a little too defensive about that one. <laughs> <laughs> how many horses does it take to change a light bulb? The Arabian. I changed it an hour ago. Come on, you guys, catch up. (laughs) (laughs) The quarter, I love this one. This is my favorite one. The quarter horse says, put all the bulbs in the pen and just tell me which one you want. (laughs) (laughs) The standard bread. We've owned standard bread, so I get this one. Oh, for Pete's sake, give me the darn bulb and let's be done with it. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like matter of fact they're very matter of fact animals the Shetland I've had a couple of Shetland ponies growing up and it says give it to me I'll kill it and we won't have to worry about it anymore <laughs> that's so true you can see the Shetland stomping it to death <laughs> the Frisian I would but I can't see anything from behind all this mane <laughs> <laughs> Like poor Frisians, like and the gypsies. Yeah. Oh, how do they even see? That's amazing. Uh, the Be- Belgian says, "Put the Shetland on my back, and then maybe he can reach it." <laughs> I love the warm blood. Okay, so this is the warm blood. Is the second level instruction packet in English? Doesn't anyone realize that I was sold for $75,000 as a yearling, but only because my hawks are bad? Otherwise, I would have been worth $100,000. I'm not changing light bulbs. Maybe get the thoroughbred to do it. (laughs) (laughs) The Morgan says, me, 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 please, let me. I want to do it. I'll do it. I know. I know how to do it. Just watch. I'll rewire the barn afterwards, too. And that is, is that so a, true. I've never had ever, a Morganism. Oh, that is so true. It's so true. There's a reason the Morgan was the most popular driving horse before cars. It was the Morgan in the United States. And that's the reason, because they were go. They'd just do anything. Appaloosa, you're all a bunch of losers. We don't need to change the light bulb. I ain't scared of the dark. And someone make that darn Morgan stop jumping up and down before I double barrel him. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly Appaloosa, too. Halflinger, the Hufflinger says, that thing I ate was a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> you have to do Mustang. You own Mustangs. Mustang says, light bulb? Let's go on a trail ride instead and camp out in the open under the stars like real horses. <laughs> you can hear Zeus <laughs> saying that, too. <laughs> The lip is on her. Hi, amateurs. I will change the light bulb. Not only that, but I will do it while standing on my hind legs and balancing it on my nose, after which I will perform seven flying lead changes in a row and a caprilet. Uh, can you do that? Huh? 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 Capriol. I didn't think so. I love it. The miniature says, I bet you <laughs> think I can't do it just because I'm small. You know what that is? It's sizeism. <laughs> the paint says... Put all the light bulbs in a pen. Tell me what you want, which one you want, and my owner will bet you twenty bucks I can get it before the quarter horse. 
<laughs> I love it. Clydesdale says, guys, um, guys, I hope you don't mind, but I went ahead and changed it while you were all arguing. <laughs> <laughs> These were pretty good. We, I, I know we've had this list years ago, but this one was funnier, I think. Good job, whoever wrote that. Good job. And you were correct about the third bed. I don't care what Jimmy says. Mm-mm. Bring it. All right. Well, we've got really bad ads coming up in a minute, but we have some prizes. And Glenn told me that I had to read the first prize well, because it made me uncomfortable. Can I do this first? Pay, it- I pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. I have to play this. He song. says one thing and he means another. But hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a lazy fair. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is time for Really Bad Ads. As Jamie said, we do have some new prizes, and these are provided by Horselovers.com. We will have these for the entire month of July, and then we'll pick the winners at the end of the month. So everybody that submits an ad gets entered into the drawing, and if you record your own ad, you get double the entries. So you have to tell about the first one, because I ain't. Not doing it. Glenn's a little uncomfortable talking about cupping of women's breasts. Um, <laughs> you can get your choice of Enel sports bras, including the Enel sports high impact bra. This maximum support sports bra is for those who feel like nothing is working for them. I mean, I feel that because mine are so huge. No, <laughs> Designed exclusively for C cups and above, the patented Enel Sport is the best sports bra you'll find. We understand that a sports bra isn't just for looks. It's a critical piece of is it, Does anybody think they're for looks? I know. I might, I might just like, I just lock them down. Um, they understand the sports bra is not for looks. It's a critical piece of athletic equipment. Yes, it is. Try this wire-free front hook sports bra and you'll feel the difference. It is a $70 value. Oh my God. I would love to have front hooks on my sports bras. That'd be awesome. Hmm. All right. Thank you for reading that. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't want to think about that. Move on. So horse lovers, uh, sent or also has provided us with these products and what, is really cool is horse lovers has helped out kensington products remember we talked about their warehouse uh burnt down in california well they've acquired all their remaining stock to help them out and apparently they're going to rebuild and they're going to put the company back together so good for them so this month's prize includes kensington convertible weekender bag and a kensington signature garment carrier both in plaid black the weekender bag is convertible bag with four carrying styles you can make it into a briefcase a shoulder bag a crossbody bag or a backpack. And the garment carrier is just what it says. That's where you carry your show clothes. And it's generously sized to accommodate multiple garments if you're an eventer. A hundred dollar <laughs> value for both of those. And you'll win both of those thanks to uh, thanks to Horse Lovers for helping Kensington out too. And there's also the Ovation Jump Air Helmet ERS is still closed. Uh, the, it's the Ovation Jump Air Helmet. It takes you to the next level of style with a large, popular air vent look. It features a genuine leather visor and harness, easy adjust dial for a snug fit, easy to clean, rubberized finish, removable, washable, cool max liner, and nylon carrying bag valued at $109.95. Dude, we get the best awesome prizes from horse lovers it's amazing so it's almost three hundred dollars in prizes here for you this month and we've had some entries uh and these were people who entered but we won't have time to get to their ads today kaylee betty matt denise caitlin hannah rebecca and rochelle all right well the first one that we do have time for is from kayla and this is a uh michigan horses for lease uh facebook page and it says looking for a lease Anywhere in Michigan. I've been riding for over 10 years, worked at horse stables for four years. I'm good with any horse. I can ride pretty much anything. I'm always bareback, but I can ride English or Western. I've done vaulting, jumping barrels, lots of trails, and some library. Please PM me if interested. (laughs) Thanks. I can ride anything. Just bring it. Including the library. The library. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-read before you hit submit. 
She rides in the library. I didn't know that was allowed, but I guess so. All right. Lorene was kind enough to submit this one. Yes. Hi, this is Lorreen Barden, and Hi. I'm going to read a really bad ad. And the ad is titled American Paint Horse. Ten or so American paint with some white spots horse nuded male at one time has been worked on, but still needs to be worked on. He's a great horse with the right person and right training. He will be awesome, no doubt. He is feed round bale hay and beef builder feed with dervet in the feed. We have a little bull, so that's why. His hooves need to be worked on. Has had his clogging when I bought two years ago. Him has been around one other horse, and she is healthy, $1,000. Please only, serious inquiries only, will not respond to anything else. Thank you for taking the time to look at this post. With some work, would be great riding horses. I thought there was only one. I also have some very nice saddles for sale, 300 to 400. I can send pictures. I don't want to sell, but if my baby can find someone that will ride him and has the patience to work with him and give him more than a life besides a pen, that would be awesome. I love my baby. I feed him and care for all my babies, but they need more than that. And it's selfish for me not to give more. To him, he needs someone to be able to ride him and work with him. If I can find a loving and good home for him, that's what I want. God bless. That's so the whole ad. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Oh so your ba- it's your baby, and you you feed it, but you won't get its feet worked on. What are clogs? I don't even get it. I don't well, even get it. Really and and then there was a girl in there somewhere, too. Not just a boy, but in the middle of the ad, there was a female somehow. That I, baby's not for sale. Oh, that baby's okay. not for sale. Oh, <laughs> I think this is I for the other it. baby, because she loves I, all her babies. I okay. really did. We've read these ads for a long time, and I really didn't get most of them. <laughs> just, Lorene, that was awesome. Good okay, find. the next one. Char- oh, my God. Charlotte sent this one in. Uh, and it's simple, short, and it's a picture of these little fluff balls, and it says, Baby Otters, PM me if interested. I'm sorry, can you sell baby otters? Are you allowed to own baby otters? Or did they just find these baby otters and are selling them? They're like, hey, look what I found down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> I went by, I was riding my bike yesterday, and I went by, a, there was... I, up in the road ahead, I saw these big birds, and I thought, well, they were buzzards. I thought, oh, there's buzzards up there. And I get up there, and they're not moving at all. They just weren't getting out of the way at all. And it was a flock of turkeys with about 35 little babies, little chicks, about tiny little two-inch chicks, about 35 of them, in the middle of the road, not moving at all. They were not getting out of anybody's way. We owned the place. They were so cute. <laughs> but these baby otters, I would not have guessed. They look almost like kittens, don't they? Yeah. Or rats. I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe rats. <laughs> I feel like that somebody should report that. Yeah. Okay, Charlotte, <laughs> go on and report that to somebody. I don't know. There's got to be an authority involved. Uh, Katie sent the next one in, and this is from a Facebook page. Games, ponies, prospects for sale. <sighs> Gonzo. Gonzo is a very naughty pony. He is eight years old and 13.1 HH. He has been used as a jumper pony, but will stop and dump the kids over his head or duck out and then dump them over his shoulder. When he's not being naughty, he I'm has sorry. a very... I, we've all seen that picture and that video, and it's still funny. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, when he's not... I've been that guy, so I don't <laughs> think it's funny. When he's not being naughty, he has a very cute jump. His name is Speedy Gonzalez because he thinks everything is a race, and sometimes even a simple walk lesson will turn into a gallop lesson. <laughs> Then he's not a lesson horse. Stop doing that to yeah. children. Though he doesn't buck often anymore, he did used to. He loves trail riding as long as his friends are going. Otherwise, he'll turn around and haul ass back to the barn. (laughs) Not much is scary to him except being without his friends. Although he's quick, he does have breaks, but only if you know how to ride. He needs to go soon because the one kid who tolerated him has outgrown him, and now he's just sitting in the pasture. He can be tried in Williston, Florida, or go out for trial. Buyer pays shipping both ways when they decide to return him. And all, of course, on a no-liability contract. 
No offer refused. He needs to go. <laughs> That's right up the street from us, actually. Wilson's right up the street. <laughs> well, you could go get yourself another pony. Yeah, this would be perfect. Yeah, this would be great. <laughs> Pairs driving. Yeah, there scooter. we go with Scooter. Oh, that'd go well. He'd be going with his buddy. It'd be perfect. <laughs> It'd be perfect. <laughs> Oh, we've all seen, and uh, most of us have owned this pony, if you've owned ponies at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Roxanne, Remember I told you I had Shetlands growing up? There yep. you go. <laughs> we're all like that. But that's how the kids learn to ride, Jamie. They learn to ride. You know, the ones that want to ride, learn to ride. The ones that want to learn to ride and go there and ride Gonzo <laughs> and have a gallop lesson, quit. Quit, exactly. <clears throat> uh, Roxana sent this one in. And it's our trailer of the week. And it is a very, oh, it's a so large two-horse. Well, let's see what it says. Yeah. Selling our two-straight-load horse trailer has brand-new floor and a good-sized tack room. It has title asking $200,000 or $2,000 of best offer or trade for a stock-type trailer or a camper. Well, now let me describe this trailer. It is a two-horse trailer. It's a little longer because it actually has a tack room in the front. Uh, and uh, it is completely rust. From one end to the other, it looks like somebody started to scrape the rust and sand the rust down and paint the seams a different color black, but then they quit. <laughs> just, there was no, <laughs> there was no finishing. I didn't finish any of that. Uh, that was just too much work, so let's sell it. I love the picture of the spacious dressing room full of all their crap. <laughs> This, and even some feed, which is probably feed bags, which are full and have probably been in there for the last 30 years. So apparently you get all that, too, I guess. It's a well, deal. Well, it's only $2,000. It's like it's free. I mean, geez. I'm going to give them two things for this ad. One is they've mowed the grass around the tires. And two is the tires are holding air, at least while they took this picture. Well, I mean, it's a $2,000 trailer, for God's sake. <laughs> Definitely, it's going to have that. We'll post I this mean, in the audio rusty. room. <laughs> it's a little rusty, yeah. And again, we can't post it on our General Horses in the Morning Facebook page, because why, Glenn? Because uh, people keep wanting to buy, I ha- buy our trailers that we post on there. And I had a lady last week say to me again, are you going to have any more trailers for sale? Did you see that? It was in the private <laughs> messages. And no, I had to write back and said, no, we don't sell the trailers. We make fun of them and she said oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was her response wasn't it just a, it was oh, oh. <laughs> that's it all right mel sent this one in yes. oh and mel's in australia too g'day this is a trailer for sale from australia g'day i just thought g'day. you might like to see how we sell them down here down under all right bitten horse float from romsey victoria can i just say mel i still love hearing you talk go ahead Hey, you, see this pretty little thing right here? This thing is going to take your horse to the old town road, baby. You know what? <laughs> Make that two horses. Kept sheltered all its life and hardly used, simply because this bitch ain't got no time for that. Hashtag year 12 life, baby. The tyres have been on this float for at least two years. This weapon comes rolling on alloy wheels for that touch of elegance that perfectly complements your style. Oh, and have I got a surprise for you. You've still got two more of those bad boys to spare because you're a damn hard ass and you ain't got no time for being stuck on the side of the road. <clears throat> this package has room for two with padded walls and rails to keep your horses in the back comfortable so they can ride all night long. For the owner, you get to marvel in the lightweight aluminium construction, fiberglass canopy, glazed glass windows and a bomb as paint job to make it look as though you just walked out of Gucci because their prices just aren't high enough. <laughs> Functionally, you benefit from hydraulic trailer brakes and a lightweight chassis, which means low fuel consumption and an uncanny ability to avoid having to pay insurance excess because that wanker pulled out in front of you and you couldn't stop in time. <laughs> the trailer comes standard with a seven-pin round socket trailer plug, but you don't need to worry about connecting it to your new whip because I'm going to do you a solid and throw in a round plug to a flat plug adapter just because you seem like a genuine person. <laughs> look here and look no further, partner. This is exactly what you've been looking for and now you've found it. This excellently crafted piece of Australian engineering serves your purposes to the fullest extent and all it takes for it to be yours is $6,500 and your signature. 
For all of you that have to get back to doing your jobs instead of scrolling through Facebook, here's a summary. 6,500 negotiable, weight 750 kilos, unregistered, manufactured by Michael's Trailers Hillsville in 2015, excellent condition. And I just want to let you know that it's sold. All right. Oh, Bye. Damn. I was going to have Darn it shipped. <laughs> that is so I'm, an Aussie. The whole thing was so Aussie. It really was. That was fantastic. That was well read. Mel, you can just call him. You know. said, Mel, read the phone book. Yeah, we don't care. We'll play it. <laughs> Do it 90 minutes of it, and I'll make it a whole episode, and Jamie and I can take a day off. Uh, you feel yeah, free. That'd be great. Uh, but Claire sent this one in, and um, this is from the North Texas Area Horses Facebook page. Okay, North Texas. So still a little... Not, not too far from you. Not too far. I'm going to have to look up the North Texas area horses. Maybe I can find something nice because this one is, this one sounds very North Texas. <laughs> Got a seven year old Gelden, been rode a bunch, no buck, no lameness when chasing a cow at full throttle, liable to run off. <laughs> if you think you want to have him, bring me about a grand. <laughs> He's wow. a cow horse that will not chase the cow. I'm out of here. <laughs> he just runs right past it. He's liable to run off when you think you're chasing cow when you just get up and go. But you know what? All I need is $1,000. They can be yours, but you just got to bring me a grand. You just hop, put them up in your trailer. No questions asked. <laughs> no contract either there. <laughs> Guaranteed. No, there's no contract. <laughs> okay. The next one's kind of odd. I will do, read the ad and then you can describe the picture in the end. Okay. Uh, free fill dirt loaded in your truck or trailer. And this is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Free fill dirt or sand for your yard or construction projects. Bring a truck and trailer. I'll load it up for you. Sorry, I don't have a pick of the dirt. So you get a photo of? Oh, it's a picture of a turkey wearing a tiny sombrero. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, I don't have a pick of the dirt. You get a photo of one of our turkeys with a sombrero and then the laughing face emoji. I got to um, say, it is kind of cute, actually. <laughs> It's oh, they just look like it ticks all down there. They're so gross. Yeah, they are, turkeys um, are kind of gross. It's it's like a really close up photo of a turkey that's wearing a tiny sombrero. That's exactly what it says. I almost but feel it, like you need to put that in the audience <laughs> room. Yeah, maybe I should. And it, it uh, definitely would catch your attention though if you're scrolling through, right? I mean, you'd see the turkey and the sombrero. It gets it. It, it is effective marketing. We now, would post that on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page, yet somebody would ask us where they can buy, buy a the turkey, turkey with a sombrero. sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, Rachel sent this one in around... <laughs> I was like, what am I reading? This is in Tennessee, so y'all know we got to go Tennessee accent. And this, the word, first word is around. A-R-O-U-N-D. Around pin. 1,000 in Paris, Tennessee. A round pin. Sell for 10,000. What? <clears throat> a round pin. A round pin for sell. $10,000 like new, hardly used. There is 10, 12 foot panels and a three, four foot gate. <laughs> Let me get this right. It's an around pin that's for sale for $1,000. Uh, but yet it's $10,000. I'm confused. It's, you know what, Glenn? It's $10,000 because it's like new, hardly used. Okay. Got and there's it. 10, 12 foot panels and a three, four foot gate. Well, they are kind of right. You do go around in the pen. <laughs> it's an around pen. It's an around awesome. pen. You do go around. I get That's that. That's a new one, Rachel. I've never seen that before. Congratulations. You get a sticker <laughs> for the day. <laughs> he stumped us. Andrew sent the final one in. This is West Virginia Horse and Tack. Looking for a cheap horse for my kids. I have... <laughs> Start over. Looking for a cheap horse for my kids. I have experience breaking them, so anything will work as long as it isn't super high strung looking to spend up to $750. Wow, that is a cheap horse. <laughs> and by the way, why would you look for a cheap horse for your children? Like, you, uh, you know what? Just throw them up because there. Because they're experienced right. breaking them, and they can break them. Jamie, you can break them. 
It's going to break. And by it. the way, there ain't no period in that whole thing. Nope. Uh, There's a couple exclamation points, but that's yeah. about it. That's about it. Well, thank you everybody for selling the ad- sending the ads in today, for selling the ads today, for sending them in. We appreciate it. You all have been entered for the prizes for this month, thanks to horselovers.com. And uh, we're going to we're gonna call it a day, but uh, auditors, hang on, because I've got a couple things to talk about in the auditor session immediately after, something Jamie and I did the other night, first time we've done it in 10 years. Uh, and uh, we're going to be back here on Monday. We have uh, another show for you. Have a terrific weekend. Be safe. I know I noticed some of our... Our listeners are at shows this weekend, so good luck showing. I know Charlotte, uh, our good friend Charlotte, who's the para rider, ha- is taking her new horse to a show here in, in the our Florida horse park over the weekend. She'll be riding dressage. So you better go. Yeah, she's up showing. So good luck, Charlotte. We're thinking about you. And I want to give a, a late congratulations. If you haven't had a chance, go over to the Horses in the Morning Facebook page. You're going to see a post about my friend Chrissy Joy. And we want to congratulate her. We've had her on the show. She's the dog trainer that we've had on the show a couple times. Uh, and she also, you'll see her dogs in movies and on all the Chewy commercials. Well, her dog, a uh, brand new dog puppy named Darby the Fidget, because it's so fidgety, is now the youngest champion trick dog in the world at nine weeks old. Won the champion trick dog competition at nine weeks old. And there's a video of the dog doing this tiny little dog that looks like a cross between a border collie and something, uh, doing all these tricks. It's so adorable. It'll make your day. All the depressing things in the world, go watch that video on a horse and horse. It's so cute. She's such a good trainer. All right, that's it for today. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday. All right, spay, neuter, and guild. 